Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. We're going to continue walking through uh, the book of Daniel. Um, and this morning, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to start off with this question. Um, and for those of you who know me, it has to do with a TV show, because that's kind of what I do. But how many of you have actually seen this TV show? I don't know if it's still on right now, because all we watch is streaming, but it used to be on regular cable or network TV. It's a show called What Would You Do? How many people have seen that show? It's, it's the show where, I forget the guy's name, but the host would create these situations like there's money in the parking lot, big bag of money, like not a $5 bill or a $20 bill, like $2,500, and you find it, and then they put that situation there to see what would people do, right? And if you're like me, you're in your head thinking, here's how I'm going to spend it, but there were actually people who gave it back, so I felt guilty, but then they do situations, and these were some of the harsher ones, where they would put people in like uh, situations where you would have to determine based on someone's race or how they were dressed, and based on what they were doing, is this person doing something shady? Should I call the cops, or is it normal? And they would do all of these weird situations, and uh, most of the time, they were ones that people could identify with. So this morning's discussion is going to kind of center around one that, from a Christian standpoint, and because we're going into this uh, whole season of, of well, political stuff, uh, where hopefully most Christians could identify with. And let me, let me before I get to that, that question, let me ask this. How many people had parents who would tell you, like, in a, in a similar vein, like, not so much what would you do, but when you wanted to do things that all your friends were doing, and your parents were like, no, you can't do that, they would say this phrase, like, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump too? Right? Anyone's, okay, I wasn't the only one. I don't know if parents still say that today. Uh, but I also don't know if kids actually listen to that today, because I didn't, don't raise your hand if you didn't listen either, but I didn't listen when my mom said stuff like that. I thought she was just being mean. She was just being, you know, I don't want you to go out and have fun, because that's what kids, and that's the way we think about parents. Um, it was normal. I didn't listen when she said it. But along the similar type of thing, I listened when I read it in a comic book, because that's just what speaks to me, right? So there was this comic book where Captain America said something similar. He didn't say, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump to? This is what he said. He said, it doesn't matter what the press says, uh, what the politicians or the mobs say, it doesn't matter if the whole... I'm going to turn this way because I'm looking right into that light. He says, it doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on the principle above all else that we stand up for what we believe, no matter what the odds, no matter what the consequences, which makes sense. I mean, this whole nation was founded on declaring our independence because we didn't want to do what we thought Great Britain was asking us to do because a lot of it was wrong. And he says this, he says, when the mob and the press and the whole world tell you move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. 
It's the same concept. Everyone wants to do something, and your mom said, hey, if they jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off too? The way Captain America put it is, hey, you know what? If the whole world decides to do this, and you know it's wrong, you need to stand firm. Now, the reality is, just like most of the stuff in our culture, both our moms and Captain America, or the writers of Captain America, because we all know he's not real, right? Um, They all got it from the same place, from this concept in the book of 1 Corinthians, where Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and he says, but thanks be to God, he, meaning God, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But because we have the victory, he says, therefore, because we're victorious, because we have the victory through Jesus Christ, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is in vain. It doesn't matter what's going on in our communities, what's going on in our country, what's going on in the world. If we know that we're victorious through Jesus Christ, then we are to stand firm and continue to do the work that God has called us to do. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. When something happens in our culture, people don't necessarily agree with this. People will say amen to this like all day long, even though none of you in the room did. People will say amen, amen, amen all day long. Right? Yeah, we're supposed to stand firm. We're supposed to do what God has called us to do. But then something happens in the culture that divides people. There's either some kind of racial incident, some political incident, some cultural thing. Something happens with the police. The government says you can do this or you can't do this. And then all of a sudden, the people in the church that were saying, hey, we shouldn't be moved. We're supposed to give ourselves and do what God has called us to do. They take sides because some of them will stop and say, you know, hey, here's, here's my situation. We're in that what would you do situation. They say, here's what I'm going to do. Some of them say, you know what? We're just going to follow the crowd. I know, I know the word. It is so hard to preach with the smell of chili just wafting through the room. Forgive me. Uh, they say, I know the word. I know the word says yada, yada, yada. But everybody else is doing this, so we're just going to go along and do this. It's not a big deal. It's not going to make a difference. I know God says thou shalt not, but it must be okay because the whole world is saying go ahead and do it. And that's what some in the church do, or they take this stance, I'm not going to do that, but I'm also not going to speak up against those of you who do. If you want to do that, you can call yourself a Christian and go do that. That's okay. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to speak up against it. I know it's wrong. I know we shouldn't. I know the Lord says, thou shalt not. So I shall not. But I'm not going to speak up against those that choose to do it. And here's the problem. And we're going to see this this morning. The Bible doesn't leave any room for either of those choices. The Bible doesn't leave room for the people of God to follow after the world, but it also doesn't leave room for us to say, hey, I'm not going to do it, but I'm not going to speak up. We're actually commanded to speak out, to do what's right and to say, hey, this is the right thing. That doesn't mean we come and beat people over the head that are doing it. We don't demean them for doing it, but we are supposed to speak up and say, here's why I'm not, because it's wrong and thus saith the Lord, 
right? So I don't want you to think this is just me making this up just because I love Captain America. So if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Daniel chapter 3. If you don't, there should be one somewhere on the table, left, right, or front of you, or under the chairs in front of you. And uh, I'm going to give you a minute to turn there. And in Daniel chapter 3, uh, verse 1, this is what it says. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's the king of Babylon, he made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, this is likely, what a lot of theologians believe is that this is likely because of what we talked about last week where Daniel told them, hey, there's this dream, and in a dream, God said, hey, Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you're like the king of Babylon. You are the man. I made you that way. You are like the whole world is your footstool. But God said, it's that way because of me. And what a lot of theologians believe is that Nebuchadnezzar said, well, he didn't hear the God part. He just heard that you're the man part. And in his dream, he was the head of gold. So a lot of theologians believe that he made this statue 90 feet high. And it, 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 here's the reality. Um, this is normal for politicians, celebrities, and pastors. We all get big heads because, like, we're up on the stage, so we get big heads. Politicians, because they get voted in, they get big heads. Now, I, I, I don't know if you think about it. There were no cranes. There were no uh, mechanical equipment. So to build a statue of gold 90 feet high... Take some commitment. You really have to think highly of yourself to spend time and commit your workers to doing that, right? So as what happened. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he set up. So they all showed up. And here's the thing. Notice who was in attendance. It wasn't everyone in the nation. It was, if it would be today, it would be the equivalent of the mayors, the governors, the town councils, the city councils, the governor, uh, governor, like assistant governors, and all of the judges and leaders. Now, at that time, Babylon had conquered a lot of nations. So some of these leaders were the leaders of these nations and governors of these nations that they had conquered. They were all under the kingdom of Babylon. So think of it like us, all the governors of the, of the different states, all of the, the mayors from all the different cities, all the judges, all the federal officials. And this is why, because in verse 4, then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. And again, it wasn't everyone in the kingdom but it was representing every nation and every people in the kingdom. And he says, here's what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown in a blazing furnace. Therefore, this is what happened, as soon as they all of the mayors and city leaders and governors and town councils and, and, and judges and all of the governing officials, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations of men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Now, this is, this is 
one of the things that's a source of division in our culture because the government will say, and I'm not anti-government, right? I, I was in the military. I, I don't have a thing against the government. Uh, I, I have a thing against things that go against the word of God. So the government will come down and say, hey, do this. And there's a lot of people who claim to be Christian who says, okay, we're just going to follow the crowd or we're just going to follow the government. And again, this is not anti-government. This is, we're not supposed to be anti-government, but we are supposed to be for the word of God. And there's a lot of things, here's, here's what ends up happening. There's a lot of things that the government says, a lot of rules that they put down that Christians get up in arms about that really have nothing to do with us because it has nothing to do with us staying on task with doing what God has called us to do, sharing the word of God. There's a whole lot of rules the government puts out that have, that they're not going to stop us one way or the other from sharing the word of God. But then we'll get up in arms about it and create a lot of chaos about it. But then they will come down with something that is against the word of God blatantly. And we'll say, well, we'll just follow right along with that. All right. Jump, jump over to verse eight. At this same time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. In your Bibles, there might be a little like a a subtext letter next to that because that word astrologers, those astrologers were mainly the like necromancers, people who worship the dead. But it's also a word that means Chaldeans. That's purposefully mentioned because those were the people who were native to the area of Babylon. So what these guys are going to do is they're going to start sowing some seeds of division based on race, based on culture, and based on religion, right? So at this time, some of the astrologers or Chaldeans came forward, and they denounced the Jews. Drop down to verse 12. Verse 12 says, But there are some Jews, this is what they said, there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, Nebuchadnezzar didn't say anything about his gods, right? But what they're trying to do is they're trying to create this division. First on, hey, we're, we're from the Chaldeans, but they're the Jews. When we hear that today, we usually hear it termed as those people. Doesn't matter if it's black people talking about white, white talking about black, uh, non-Christians talking about Christians, atheists talking about whoever. Sometimes it's the Baptists talking about the Methodists, the Methodists talking about the people who play the hymns, talking about those with drums on the stage, those people. That's, that's the seeds of division, like being sown, right? And he says, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. And then furious with rage, that word rage means violent rage. Like, and I know we're Christians, so we've never felt like this, but so angry you want to slap someone, right? Like hard, violent rage. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all the kinds of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And here's what he says next. This is that 
that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Narcissistic attitude that people in positions of power have. Because he says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now, previously, he had acknowledged that the God of uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that their God was God. Back in chapter 2, this is what he said. He said, the king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods. He acknowledged that, hey, your God is greater than my God. But now he told them, no God will be able to save you from me because he was equating himself with God. But this is their response. We have to understand that Christianity is inclusive. Anybody on the planet is welcome to become a Christian. Any person on the planet. But it isn't for everybody because it means submitting to God. Not everyone wants to submit to God. Some people will put their politics on a higher plane than God. Some people will put their denomination on a higher plane than God. Some people will put whatever it is on a higher plane than God. Christianity is inclusive. Open to anybody, anybody on the planet. Doesn't matter your race, your color, your age. Doesn't matter your sexual orientation. But then you have to submit that race, color, age, and sexual orientation to God's will. That's why it's inclusive. It's open to anybody. But it isn't for everybody. Because not everybody is willing to submit to God. And this is the response that they give. They're like, hey, we we work for you, but we're going to submit to God. Because here's what they tell him. Here's what they respond to the king. Said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And they didn't because they were there when he acknowledged, hey, your God is greater than all gods. And they said this, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. This is that message that we we, we share as the church, and we love saying this all the time because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Our God can heal marriages. Our God can heal cancer. Our God can deliver us from from, cancer. Cocaine addiction, alcohol addiction, our God can restore. Thank you for the amen, honey. (laughs) Because when right now we're looking at people that are, are throughout Florida who have lost homes and jobs and whatever. And that's the kind of hope that they need that, hey, our God is able to do that. I know you lost your home, but our God is able to provide. I know you lost your family members, but our God is able to give you that peace and that comfort that you need because our God is able to do that and more. But, and this is a big but, that doesn't mean he will. Because the very next sentence they say, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is the part that most of us forget about. Our God is able to heal, but he may not. Our God is able to restore marriages, but he may not. Our God is able to help those who have been without jobs for two, three, or four years, but he may not. 
Our God is able to help those who lost their homes in the flood rebuild, but he may not. This is why Christianity, it's, it's inclusive. It's open to anyone who wants it. But not everyone wants to acknowledge that, hey, God may not give me what I want. That doesn't mean he's not with you. I mean, even Jesus said, hey, you know what? I want you to take this cup from me, but your will be done. That's the part that we have to acknowledge. Now, um, in Acts chapter 4, when the apostles were dragged in front of... This is the apostles who just finished healing somebody. There was a guy who was lame, and so they healed him. He's up, he's jumping, he's like, I'm going to buy a bicycle now. And for doing that, they get dragged into court and criticized. And they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And their response was the same response. This isn't an Old Testament thing. Their response, same response as as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Same type of response. Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him, meaning God. You be the judges. For us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And that's a great speech, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But there are consequences when you stand up for God. It's not all going to be, hey, this is great. Churches are growing. Everything's going good. Sometimes there are going to be people that, I mean, they lost their homes. They lost their jobs. People that used to hang out with them wouldn't invite them over anymore. They wouldn't shop in their stores. Peter owned a fishing business. No one was buying fish from Peter because he was talking about Christ. And what we have to understand is we need to be willing to take a stand But we also need to be willing to deal with the consequences if we do. Because there are some severe consequences. Uh, And you guys may not remember, but every couple of weeks or whenever, uh, we'll share some uh, information from Open Doors USA about people that are being persecuted, not, not in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament, but overseas and nations around the world today just because they believe in Christ. Women who are being beaten and whipped by their fathers and brothers because they name the name of Christ. People who are having their homes burned to the ground while they're in it, just because they believe in Christ. There are very real consequences for standing up and saying, hey, I believe that God is real. I believe that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt his love for all humanity. And there is a cost for saying that. And then there is a cost when the government comes out with something that contradicts the word of God. And if we stand up and say, that's wrong. I can't go along with that. So this is, this is what they say. The Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His attitude toward them changed. Before, he was like, look, you guys worship another god. That's okay. As long as you're willing to do what I say, we can be co-workers. I can be your boss. Everything is fine. But now, his attitude toward them changed because they're like, we're not going to worship the same god as you. 
He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. And here's the thing. Do you know why he ordered it seven times hotter and he had some of the strongest people come up? He's like, hey, don't get, don't get Floyd to come up. Get Gary, get Bill, get some of the big guys to come up because he wanted it to hurt because this was personal. The world loves Christians when we keep our mouth shut and we go along with the flow. But when we stand up and say, hey, this is wrong because the word of God says so, then their attitude towards us changes, right? Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now take note of this. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, and this is him using this term, not them telling him, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and look at this. The satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Here's the difference, though. When they threw them in the fire, the soldiers that threw them in the fire got burned to death. So when the satraps and the the governors and the royal advisors, when they crowded around them, they had to step over the charred, burning bodies of the soldiers who were like, man, that smells like rotting flesh. Stepped over them to get to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it was like, not a hair on your body has been harmed. And here's the thing we got to understand, though. God didn't show up, because that's what most people preach, and I'm not trying to change anyone's theology. God didn't show up in that fire, and it says, I saw like one who was like the son of the gods. Some say it was Jesus Christ. Some say it was an angel. The word angel means a messenger. It doesn't matter who it was. Think about this. If you're drowning and someone shows up, it doesn't matter if they show up on a surfboard, a kayak, a rowboat, or a cruise ship. You're just going to be happy that you're saved, right? We don't need to argue over who it was. They were saved, but it wasn't just for them. God showed up to transform Nebuchadnezzar. It wasn't that God showed up just to save them, because, hey, we may have to deal with some consequences. And I'm sure, like Peter, John, a lot of the apostles, Paul, who were whipped, stoned, uh, Stephen, while he was sharing the gospel, stones being thrown at him, not like pebbles, big stones being thrown at him on his knees, bleeding, lip busted, teeth getting knocked out, still saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, Lord, forgive them. Because there are consequences and God isn't always going to show up to spare us from the consequences. But God showed up to change Nebuchadnezzar, because Nebuchadnezzar then said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. And here's the thing that we've been telling you since we started this this, this series, right? It's all about unity, because that's what God wants from his people. Regardless of our race, creed, color, culture, or political affiliation, uh, financial situation, uh, religious denomination, God wants his people to be unified. And that's what we see here, because they all together trusted in him. 
And we said that God wants us to be ambassadors of God, which is what they did. They trusted in him and they defied the king's command. And this is, this is, this is the key thing. God wants us to give the proper political response, which is what they did. They didn't curse out the king. They didn't leave a nasty review on his, like, on his you know, Facebook page. They were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. That's what God wants from us. That's what God deserves from us because of all that God has done for us. Therefore, Nebuchadnezzar said, I decree the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. This is the second time that he acknowledges the power and authority of their God. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And here's, here's the question that we have to answer. And you don't have to raise your hand. But what would you do? Now, it's easy for us because we've seen, you know, and there was argument over mask mandates and should churches close and this, that, and the other. That doesn't really hit home. But what would you do when they say, hey, you walk in that church to go worship God? You're going to jail and we're going to take your life. And most of us want to raise our hand and say, I'm still going in. I'm still going to worship God. But the reality is, most of us would be like, well, I can worship from home. That's okay. I'll go watch it online. Or I won't even, I won't even go watch online. I'll, I was going shopping anyway. I got other things to do. But God deserves more than that response from us. God deserves a faithful commitment from his people. I'm going to ask you guys to stand and we're going to spend just a moment in prayer. And I know this may seem like an extreme situation because we don't face that here in this nation. And I'm, again, I'm not anti-government, served 12 years in the military, uh, uh, consulted with the government for years, five years, have nothing against the government. But we are one vote, one politician away from all of this changing. And it doesn't matter which party you're talking about, because it could be anyone. And it's happening Around the world, just because it's not happening here doesn't mean it's not possible. Around the world, there are people losing their homes and their jobs, getting thrown in jail and losing their lives just because they say, I want to go worship Jesus. So I'm going to ask us uh, as we close that we spend some time praying for those groups. And they're called the Persecuted Church. You can look them up online. Go to Open Doors or uh, I forget the name of the other organization. Just Google Persecuted Church and you will see real life stories. And uh, my brother from another mother, Pastor Mark, Mark Berkshire, still does work with them, still shares some of the stories, still interacts with them, still tries to get people to pray for them people who are in jail right now, people who are on death row right now, not for taking someone's life, not for doing anything harm or meanful or whatever to children, just for owning a Bible or telling someone else about Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. God, we, we are so grateful that right now we live in a nation 
Even though there may be some struggles in some communities, we live in a nation where we are allowed to freely worship you. But we know there are so many nations around the world where people are losing their lives, they're being thrown in jail, they're being beaten, they're being whipped, they're being molested, they're being harassed simply for owning our Bible or for telling others about Jesus Christ. God, we pray first and foremost that we would take to heart the freedom that we have to worship you and that we would not forsake it. We know there are so many other things that people could be doing this morning, but we pray that your people are gathering in your houses of worship to lift up your name while we can and because we can. But we also pray for all of those who can't. We pray that you would give courage to those who are being harassed and ostracized and who have lost their homes and businesses. We pray that you would give that spirit of peace to those who are on death row, ready to lose their lives and still proclaiming your name. We pray that your people who are called by your name, as your word says, would humble ourselves and pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Uh, Thank you guys. Pray that you have an awesome rest of your Sunday. Please finish up the chili. uh, And uh, God bless and see everyone next week.